The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 33. General West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today on Secrets of Stargate, we are going to be discussing the 13th episode of Season 2 of SG-1, Spirits. Do you want to give us a rundown of this episode, oh. uh, Victor? Yes. Panic at the SGC as a heavy metal arrow shoots through the Stargate and impales Jack's arm. SG-1 visits PX-4887 without Jack in the hopes of locating the missing SG-11, who had been there mining the rare men- mineral trinium. SG-11 is nowhere to be found, but SG-1 finds the incredibly chill Ch- Tanane, a descendant of a tribe of indigenous Canadians, the Salish. 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 I find some Salish in that pronunciation. Anyway, <laughs> Tanane introduces SG-1 to Zales, a raven, and Takaya, a wolf, neither of whom are in favor of having their planet strip-mined by the humans. But after flattering the wolf, SG-1 is led to the missing SG-11, and everyone travels back through the gate, including Tanane, who is interested in learning more alternative mining techniques, or growing techniques. I wasn't really sure about that. Uh, things back on Earth are not as they seem, however. General Hammond reveals to an indignant SG-1 the NID's plan to mine the trinium without the Salish's consent. It turns out that SG-11 are really members of a super-advanced race of shape-shifting alien creatures from the Black Lagoon who are the protectors of Tanani's people. By clapping their arms, they are able to make everyone in the SGC vanish, except for Jack and Daniel. Fortunately, Jack is able to convince the aliens not to destroy the SGC and to zap everyone back, including SG-11 and to instead disable their Stargate so that the Salish can live in peace without further interference. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this episode, uh, Father? Uh, there's much I liked, because it was fun. The parts I really don't like. Yeah. Like, say... I don't know who that General Hammond was, but that was not the General Hammond of the rest of the series. Um, yeah, that that was that I I, I didn't like. I, I liked how the, the Native American part was handled, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. I liked uh, the, the the idea of the the shape shifting aliens and all that. I just did not like General Hammond in this at all. Yeah, they kind of needed to fly in a straw man there and to move along the plot. And it, it is kind of like, you know, in a Shakespeare play where in a tragedy where somebody overhears something, you know, mm-hmm. it's very contrived, you know, how it all happens. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of felt that way, too. It's like they just needed something so that the uh, the aliens could overhear the plans to to mine if, the planet. If, 
if only they had a certain character, a certain character we saw recently, <laughs> certain characters who is the exact kind of person would tell them that the Pentagon is expecting them to mine more. Somebody like a, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Mayborn. That would yep. have been awesome. That would have made the the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess they just had a, uh, they couldn't get, get him back for this episode. So they just, it it almost felt like they had that part written for Mayborn and then they couldn't mm-hmm. schedule him. And so they just had uh, Hammond say his lines and it felt really out of character. Yep. What about you, Lisa? That was my major takeaway, that that was not General Hammond. And it, it yeah. I mean, one of the few times you really don't like him. And uh, I, I guess we can talk about how uh, one of the, I know Jack, you always say sometimes you like it when there's consequences to their actions. But in this in this episode, the SGC is basically caught doing something that, you know, has consequences. And they, you know, we talked mm-hmm. about the whole it's Native American and they're trying to take away, you know, parts of their land behind their back and force them out. And I mean, it's oh, yeah. so it was I don't know. But the whole episode was one that I'd kind of forgotten about. I hate to say that, but it uh, better on rewatch, but still probably not terribly memorable for me yeah i'm pretty pretty much in the same boat what about you victor yeah i think this was a lot better on rewatch i didn't really remember this from you know my first uh time through the series um and uh, i think it would have been an unbearable slog if it wasn't for tanane and kind of like the spin they put on him and this episode was written by Tor Alexander Valenza, and um, he is probably his best known episode. He's written nine for SG-1 is Ergo. And so it's somebody who can write like a very good comedic character and just kind of insert him into a story. And I mean, like I said, they, Tanani is, is about as a character about as far as you can get from, um, you know, any sort of stereotypical character. And uh, I, I just loved him, uh, his lines, his line readings, everything, uh, it just livened <laughs> everything up or, or made it more mellow, like one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not a particularly big fan of this episode because I, I felt like it kind of just did that, that trope that you see over and over again, where you have like the Native Americans who are getting oppressed by whatever the main, like, characters like faction is like you have this exact same thing happen in star trek where they have that literal planet where they of the native american tribes where they want to move them off because the cardassians are taking over and i felt like it's just that same kind of trying to like tell a message but not even trying to Mm. like count like the whole i feel like with science fiction like the whole point is a lot of the times you will tell these kinds of stories, but you'll do it allegorically. And with this or with that episode of Star Trek, I can't remember the name of it. Um, they just go straight for the the message without even trying to write around it. I do. I do agree with you, Victor, though. I like that Tanane was not like he didn't come across as like the very self-serious, wise, spiritual character that a lot of the times the Native American character will get cast as kind of like. How Chakotay is, which is just very annoying, mm. and probably not not accurate at all. Um, I, well, I do like how he, yeah, yeah, that, Chakotay. I would say you know offensive. I mean, yeah, I mean, and it's interesting too because this episode aired along with you know the first few seasons of um, 
this would probably be season three or four of, of Voyager, I think. And, you know, we're rewatching Voyager and, and Chakotay has a line where, you know, he's, he's trapped and he's like, oh, you're, you're just your luck. You get trapped with the only Indian who can't start a fire by rubbing two sticks together. Yeah. And I mean, that's just inexcusable on like every yeah. level, you know, and what I do appreciate about this episode is that they did, they picked, you know, a tribe, the Salish or Salish and Sa- um, Salish. Yeah. Sorry. I was watching it with captions and, um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, you know, settled on that. And I do appreciate too, that the way that the tribe had worked, um, Trinium into their, you know, um, you know, ceremonial outfits and, uh, art and architecture as well. So I, th- I think that they did a really good job setting a, you know, place and, and a culture, uh, specific, you mm-hmm. know, rather than just, you know, generic native American too, which is, I think a trap, a lot of the other. Shows well, fall into. Right. Of course, you know, n- not a coincidence. The Salish tribe is from Western Washington and British Columbia. Gee, what on earth? Why would British Columbia, Western British Columbia, be important for this show? Oh, wait, it's the tribe where they filmed. Although I, I will give them great credit uh, that the first elder to speak was an actual Salish chief. Oh, that's He was awesome. a chief of a band of the Salish tribe. So that actually, I mean, give them credit is all as far as at least the cat, the named characters within this in the show, all of them were Native American. The actors were Native American. Now, Tonani was Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska, you know, from down, you know, Flatlander tribe. Uh, but still, you know, they 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 were actually Native Americans that were playing these parts. So that. Unlike certain shows way back in the past where it's, you know, a white person that's uh, that's uh, wearing, you know, shoe polish basically to um, right. to play a Native American. So. And there's uh, something else that I like that they did in this episode, which subverted what I thought was going to happen is when you see the aliens who have been standing in as the like the spirit deities of the tribe, they're all like blonde white people Mm -hmm. and which at at first I was kind of annoyed with because it felt like the exact same thing they've done. They did that in Voyager where Chakotay meets his, his spirit tribe and it's all a bunch of white people. But in this it's the aliens were impersonating the deities. So they kind of, Mm -hmm. they had a story explanation for why they were the aliens rather than it just being kind of very, just very tone deaf. I felt like how they did in Voyager. So I liked that it, it did not go the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah. And I did appreciate their silver jumpsuit dress, you know, yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That was very retro sci-fi. And uh, yeah, the prosthetics, the prosthetic gill noses, that was really well done. Like they had some sort of pneumatics or something that the gills would inflate in sequence or something. And um, mm-hmm. it was, you know, you didn't see any big tubes like running down the sides of the actors' faces and stuff. So I thought that was really well done. It was kind of gross. Yeah, that was, that was some good makeup work. Yeah. And uh, I think this is the first appearance of Alex Sahara um, in Stargate. I think he's been in eight or 11 different episodes, usually plays an alien under heavy makeup until we get to uh, 1969, where he, he yep. gets to not uh, have makeup well, on. That's... But it was good to see him, yeah. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll, that's the next time we'll see him in... in about five six weeks but uh five six episodes we'll get to that one and yeah he looks like a hippie there so yeah nice i thought we already saw him a few times did we not yeah because i think we mentioned yeah i may have mentioned it or yeah 
Let's see. I'm trying. I was looking through the list and I don't remember if there's. Yeah, this at least according to at least according to the Stargate fandom, this is the first time he's had a major role, anyways. Yeah, and both both he and um, was it uh, Christina Cox or uh, mm-hmm. yeah, who plays uh, Takaya? They they were both uh, on Andromeda. So just thought mm-hmm. I'd put that out there as well. And she's also nice. a repeat nice. actor for Stargate. She shows up later in yep. uh, Sentinel as a different character. Yep. And did we talk about uh, yep. Captain Connor? No, he's back. Roger Cross. He got a promotion. Yep. So I would think after. Yeah. No longer Lieutenant. He's. Yeah, after First Commandment and everything mm-hmm. that went down in that episode and then, you know, disappearing, being possessed by a spirit or whatever happened to him. We don't see him again, and I'm wondering, like, did he just be like, this is not the job for me. Like, I'm done. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, it's after this we start getting, you know, the 50,000 SG teams, too, so. Yeah. And I don't know where the uh, the uh, fish people, like, you know, <laughs> you know, dinka, dinka, dink, bewitched uh, the people away, you know. Oh, I, I, I thought that was... I thought that was the Wonder Woman power bracelet yeah. smacking the arms together. <laughs> Want to fish people? Yeah, I don't know where they went to, but if it wasn't a pleasant place, then I mean, uh, Captain Connor may may decide to quit That's after that. Yeah, yeah. GC, like post me, post me somewhere else. Go, let's go Antarctica, you know? Because I think it would have been nice. They had him twice. I think he would have been a nice recurring character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, their their whole arm gesture thing made me think of a. Uh... The stand-in they do for the uh, less than polite gesture um, in Friends. Yes, like the... yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I so, that, too. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> nice. Although the zap away effect was actually really well done, it was like you know lightning flash, and then they go and they like disappear. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, it was, was kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. Because you get the last scene having, where they uh, all show up in the gate room. You know, they all materialize in the gate room and they're like, uh, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. That's like the end of the Muppet movie or something where they're all. Well, yep. Except they're not singing in the Rainbow Connection. But that'd have been So we, we hinted at it, but I, I think we should probably mention it. The whole um, issue of the, the, uh, the government and the tribes. Because, I mean, that was... And of course, that's that's the thing that we all immediately like. This is not how Hammond would act in the the face of this. But it's Mm -hmm. like instead of respecting the Native Americans and respecting their hold on that land, it's like, oh, no, we're going to wait till they they migrate and then we'll take their take their stuff. You know, we'll have a treaty with them and then we just wait until they disappear. And just like, yeah, you know, that didn't work in the 1800s so well. Well, that's very anti-Hammond. Yeah. I mean, in, you know, what we've seen of Hammond so yeah. far and even what we see in the future, he would have been the one picking up the red phone saying, this is not okay. But in this one, yeah. he's the one putting the hammer down saying, we're going to follow orders this time. And this is what we're doing, which just really grated yeah. at me. And, don't, don't, and don't, don't you dare argue with me about it either. I feel like they did a lot in this episode to just get both Jack and Hammond just out of the way of the plot. And I wonder, like, mm. did they film this in like an off week for everybody? And they just had a few people available. I did read online. Cause Jack gets hit with the air. Yeah. Richard Dean Anderson. This is when his daughter was born. And so mm. he did oh, have okay. time off to go. I think she was, I think, I think she was LA. 
Hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but well, that's what the internet said. Yeah. Well, they, they might have uh, saw this, too, as a chance to obviously get Sam, get Captain Carter up in, in the in command. I love that line. First command. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. that simple. <laughs> yeah. And she does really well, too. I mean, she, yeah. she you know, negotiates the release of SG-11 and leaves open the uh, the mining rights. It feels like a, a Star Wars crawl at this point, you know. <laughs> mining rights in dispute. Or yeah. Like <laughs> SG-1 visits. Yeah. But I did love her but, face, uh, dude, being perplexed. You know, he's talking to the dog. I mean, the wolf or yep. what, husky, whatever. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, flattery. <laughs> She's like, um, what big eyes you have. And it just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and then the raven pops up and goes, oh. And like, Daniel's like, oh, no, I heard that. I, he Didn't he say, you know, that he. Yep. You should release our people, right, Teal? Yeah, that's what I heard, too. Yeah. He's like, he said uh, he'd think about it. Yeah. And that's Sam goes, yeah, yeah that's what good. I think I heard, too. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just, I love her reaction because uh, she's missed science. She's, everything is yeah. science and imperial, empirical evidence and everything. And it's like, yeah, I'm talking yeah. to a dog. I love his response with, but you can't see the wind yet. You know, it's there. Yes. It, yeah. You saw her mm. face like, Oh, <laughs> you know, like, oh you got I, I, I thought that was kind of like the, yeah, I've heard this argument before. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said, all we are is dust in the wind, man. <laughs> Just dust yeah. in the wind. <laughs> Part of Tanani's charm is that he seems to be like a hundred percent high, a hundred percent time uh, of the time. Oh, it, I love that. It's like, I like to travel. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about going through the Stargate. I like to travel. I couldn't tell if his character is supposed I, to be funny or. Oh, definitely. I, I just, yeah. It, it just was so odd. I, I couldn't put my you finger know, on it. I, I will say I have met Native Americans who maybe they're not quite that stoner. Um, I have definitely kind of that laid back outlook on life. You know, can we have our weapons? Okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I can use them on I, me, I so how, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I really appreciated how, like, laid back he was about everything. Like, even when they reveal that the spirits were actually these aliens, he's just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. yeah. Zales. Does Zales. it mean I can go home now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> different than Thor. Zales, is that you? Yeah. Who was that, Garwin, when she met yeah. Thor? You know, real Thor? Yeah. She yeah. had a totally oh, yeah. response. Yeah. Sales, <laughs> is that you? Yeah, that was one of my favorite lines in the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like I said, it, it would have been a, a dreary, dreary episode without without our friend Tanane there. Yeah. What about Dr. Warner? Well, then some... Yeah. Um... Yeah, hero. He saved the SGC. Yeah. <laughs> Action I Warner. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I was going to mention him next. Yeah, I sprung into action, hit the alarm, and, and without that, I mean, there wouldn't. I mean, there wouldn't be a show anymore. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's go, Doctor Warner. <laughs> yep. Well, then, then you got Daniel. You know, Tanani, I'm going to show you some place in the in the in the facility that no one ever sees. This is a storeroom. This is where we store the things that we might possibly need. Like, and he picks up a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says, "We're going to yeah. go look for Jack. <laughs> He's not in here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like uh. Jack's response to uh, Daniel when he comes in, 
and he says, are you actually you? And he's just like, yeah. He's like, okay. Yeah. It's like, or, or what? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 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 He was like, what? Okay. Yeah. It's like, nope, that's definitely you. I also got kind of vibes of the thing with the wolf or the husky just wandering around the SGC. I was mm-hmm. expecting for it to like explode into some 1980s body horror. Uh, I don't know about that, but apparently, and I didn't catch this at around the 34 minute mark, you can see like the wolf handler's hand on the, on the animal, but I I didn't earn the shot at least. Yeah, I I missed it. Yeah, I missed that too. Giving it like a hand command or whatever. And I had uh, young uh, Frankenstein uh, flashbacks when Tilk was like, wolf. And then Daniel's like, where? It's like, werewolf. There, there, wolf. There, wolf. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, what about the name? Nice. Yeah. Where? Tanani asks their name, and Carter lists off her whole thing, oh, yeah. and he's like, that's a long name. Yeah. <laughs> and he finally figured it out. Oh, yeah. Jack. It's like, yes. George. <laughs> George. George, yep. Yeah. George, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he introduces himself as a Colonel Jack O'Neill. He's like, hey, Jack. Yep. Well, and Daniel, Dr. Daniel O'Neill, Daniel Jackson. Doc? <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Daniel gets like the weirdest line is like T- when they first arrive on the planet and Teal is like, I thought I heard someone. And Daniel goes, ghosts. Yeah. And, like ghosts. Like, where do you get ghosts from? Well, the episode <laughs> is Come on, Daniel. spirit. So maybe yes. Daniel knew that. Yeah. But I mean, but they can't see what's written on the screen, right? Only we can yeah. see that. Or can they? Now, now, or can now they? of course, you have you have Wonder Daniel here, who knows everything when he needs to know everything. Yeah. Like he knows all about the Salish tribe, and can read what the totem pole says, and that it it says that they were brought there from you know by a gold, you know Jaffa and everything. And it's like you're an Egyptologist. There are no similarities between Egyptology and Native American studies. He's like Teal. He he knows well, everything when he needs to know everything. <laughs> Yeah. He's powered by plot. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, but when he told Carter, like, <laughs> be prepared, they're probably going to want you to dance and do stuff. Seriously, that's, I just wanted her to, like, go up and just, like, give him a little slap. <laughs> I'm, I'm having yeah. emancipation yeah. flashbacks, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> they're going to want you to dress up. It's okay. You know. Well, and, and of course, Tanani's response, oh, yeah, my great-great-grandfather used to dance and sing for the, for the, for the spirits. Now we just call, they just told us to call him by name. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been a clue that it was aliens, right? <laughs> yep. Very pragmatic. Yeah. I, I did like on the, the totem, it had one of the uh, layers of the totem was, was uh, a raven eating a Gould symbiote, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. So you have the Jaffa on the bottom, but then, but then right above the Jaffa, you have like the little red symbiote and like the raven, guess, like chowing down on it. I so I thought it was a snake. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. um but yeah, I mean so this hinges on the fact that like they they want to get more trinium out of the mountain by mining it and you know the the uh, the Salish people are saying no 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 just get it out of the stream when the mountain washes it down and they're saying no 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 that could never be enough. But but the people there have entire huge buildings made out of it, right? They have that yeah. fibrous, you know, woven and that's what the walls are made out of. They have entire totem poles made out of it. They have huge pieces of art and just, you know, use it in their tools and stuff. So there's got to be a weapons. lot coming down. Yeah, there's got to be a lot coming down in the stream. 
right? And of course, maybe, it's not, you know, maybe it's not really coming like down the a, stream. It's, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jack. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe there's like, there was like a deposit of it when they arrived there and they, maybe, yeah. Because they hadn't been collecting it before. And then since they could used all of that, they're just waiting for more to come down. I don't know. And, and the aliens are probably washing it down, quote unquote, namely, you know, so, you know, they mentioned that they're, they're, migratory as, as so many tribes were so many Native American tribes were and so they go off during the winter and the spirits the aliens they deposit a whole bunch in ready in the water ready to go you know so yeah. oh yes it washed down yeah. uh-huh wink wink <laughs> the aliens are very accommodating too I did like at the end where they're like so does this mean I have to be a dog again <laughs> and uh <laughs> and Tanani's like no I mean just whatever makes you happy and and she's like, great, <laughs> this makes me happy. Yeah. Being, yeah. <laughs> not being a dog. Yeah. She wants to rock her feathered hair. Yeah. Although for, for the time, that effect of going to and from the dog was impressive. Right. I mean, yeah. for, again, for the time, for a you know, TV show, not a movie, that was, that was a pretty impressive morph effect. Yeah. And they did it a couple times. They didn't want it. No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dr. Nothing Warner also did top, a very good, uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say nothing well over top uh, an American werewolf in London, though, for dog transformations. Yeah, I was just going to say that, too. They don't, they don't have a seven-minute John Landis transformation scene like they did in that, and, uh, and then in Thriller as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, but here's another advanced <laughs> alien species who's like, we don't want you to be there. And Jack's all like, well, just mm-hmm. get rid of your gate. Oh, that's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like use, your, the... <laughs> use your super advanced metal and make an iris out of it. Hint, hint, hint. Yeah. Because eventually yeah. the iris does, uh, they do make the iris out of trinium later. Oh, nice. Just a thought. Yeah. They... I was going to say, yeah. I feel yeah, like I, uh, I love, just shutting love that. down oh, yeah, we have your no gate use... on your... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, well, we, I guess maybe we should bury it. We have no use for space travel after all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, get rid of it. Or, or better yet, give it to us. And I mean, they don't have a way of bringing it back yet, but. Yeah, no. Give it to us. We're good. <laughs> hmm. I feel like closing the iris or shutting down your gate is kind of the the fix it for most of the problems on these planets that. If they acknowledge that too freely in the plot, it would kind of shut down the premise of the show. Yeah. And then we have to jump back to this was a this was a gold planet, and these aliens did they they do I don't they give us a really good explanation as to who they were, how they fought the gold, and took over the planet, and because again, hello, we need help, we need allies. Yeah, yeah maybe mm-hmm. teach us how to do that, like you know, arm thingy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hi, Apophis. <laughs> Gone. Yeah, I, I like Jack saying, SG-11 is bopping around, mm. waving their arms, making our people disappear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, yes, yes, they are. <laughs> I do, uh, with uh, SG-11 and all the other uh, SG teams that get mentioned offhandedly, um, going mm-hmm. to the different planets after SG-1 or having to get rescued by SG-1. I kind of want a uh, lower deck style show about like the cleanup. There you go. Or 
the SG teams. It has to go in behind everyone else and like fix yes. these problems once SG one's gone Tyler through. Could lead it. Let, let's let's hear about SG twenty. Let's hear about SG twenty. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a that'd be good. <laughs> awesome. Uh, did y'all have uh, any other thoughts about this episode? And no comments here. One little trivia tidbit that we're going to have a reference back to this episode and a couple of episodes in show and tell. Yeah. Oh, nice. Something evidently happens in this episode that we don't see that we're going to find out about oh. in episode 20 of the season. Oh, nice. I don't remember cool. what that is, so it'll be a nice surprise for, <laughs> for me as well. Yes. The episode's called Show and Tell. Hmm. Cool. Nice. What about you, Victor? Um, we get a really good look at the um, graphical user interface of their field laptops and their email <laughs> program. So I thought that was nice. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was very and good. Uh, good continuity between techie. the email, too, where he's like, you know, I am, you know, putting in a requisition a request for. And then it doesn't say Yarg or anything. It's just the email cuts off. And then when they meet the fake, uh, you know. Roger Cross, he says, you know, oh, well, I was just putting in a requisition request for more blasting caps and stuff. And stuff. Yeah. I thought that was a nice yeah. uh, continuity between, you know, the in-world skeuomorphic whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> awesome. Um, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Stargate, including Susan D., Dominic S., Celestis M., Kiana C., and Andrea S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow us in the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. You can also join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And it's time to show the Earthlings the power of the spirits. <laughs> and once again, I'm Jack Berzini. Thank you for listening to The Secret to Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Hi everyone, this is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. 
Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season.